Hey everybody and welcome to episode 124 of the Revive Yourself podcast. Here we go. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Have you got a health issue that just won't go away no matter what you try? Then welcome to the Revive Yourself podcast, where we reveal the secrets to long-lasting health by getting to the root cause of problems that no one else is talking about. So you can have more energy, clear skin, healthier hair, a leaner physique, more confidence, and most importantly, do the things you love and live the life you deserve. Here's your host, Ryan Martin. So guys and girls, welcome back to the show. We've, uh, yeah, obviously, as always, as well, clear, go through a few things first. Then uh, the show's been brought to you again by www.reviveyourself.co, where we've got our shop, and it's actually going through an improvement behind the scenes. It's going to be great for you, but still, at the moment, we've got all our products there. It's great supplements from Evolution Organic and the Finchley Clinic, things that are going to help boost your immune system, help heal in the cereal gut, um, help cleanse the body. Get rid of those toxins, chill out toxins. So, got lots of options for you there. If you're looking for a great all in one product, you can't go uh, wrong with Living Fuel. It is the best all round product on the market, bar none. Two scoops of that product is worth $260 worth of organic produce. So, you know, the Super Fuel Living Berry or the Super Fuel, um, sorry, Living Fuel, sorry, Living Fuel Super Berry, or the Living Fuel Super Greens, either one of those options is fantastic. Um, and we'll be getting certain other um, products to market too. Just had a great, as I mentioned last time, um, conversation with people from Seed on the probiotic front, which they'll be part of our shop soon too. Obviously, everything that we, we do, and we do have the affiliate links for things, obviously, we do get a little bit of commission for that. Um, being completely transparent, I think that's pretty obvious, but yeah, it's more about getting the stuff to you and providing you um, a platform where you can get everything. You know, I wouldn't recommend anything I wouldn't take myself. I've been approached by so many different supplement companies over the last three years when to sell their stuff and just flat, flat turn them down because I've got no interest in selling you guys or promoting things that are, I know to be garbage or junk or just not in line with what we do you know integrity is everything to me so anything that we we do recommend is uh, something that I, I would use myself uh, and I wouldn't I know I'd be able to give to my family etc so always rest assured that I wouldn't be um, sending you anything that I, I don't recommend myself that is now the revived logo at the end of the day is my thumbprints my seal of approval so just to let you know that also over at the shop we have got our Aries Tech EMF blocking devices and for the 5G blocking device now which is going to be very very important with this being rolled out everywhere um, and we've got uh, the whole house filtration systems from from Aquatair so if you've got a one, two, three or four bed house hard or soft water area you've got the options there and they come from yeah Graham Bremner at Aquatair if you haven't listened to my episode with him go and research that he's a uh, He's a rocket scientist. The guy knows what he's doing. His his systems are absolutely fantastic. They take out ninety nine point nine percent of all nasties. So you know, people don't realize it's not just the water you're drinking. It's the water you're washing, the water you're cooking your cooking your food in, the water you're actually cleaning your clothes in. So it's a big deal to try and get that water as clean as possible. Also, not on the site yet, but we are linking with them, and they will be on the site soon. But uh, essentialoilwizardry.com for the best essential oils in the world. Use the code REVIVE in small letters. You get 10% off there. And also, um, if you go to um, www.blueblocks.com, 
blublox.com, B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com, then you get 10% off blue blocking glasses there. Um, my episode of Andy Mant is fantastic. If you haven't listened to that, go back and, and listen to that. Same as with Dr. Nick Berry from Essential Oil Wizardry. They, these guys really do know their stuff. Um, and especially with blue blocks as well. I mean, Essential Oil is just a different it's just Nick, Dr. Nick Berry from Essential Oil Wizardry is just on a different level to anyone I've heard about talk about essential oils and Andy Manth as well not only that, that, that the quality why his glasses most glasses get made in China his are actually from Australian opticians high high quality the frames are also the best looking frames that I've seen on the market you know most of these things come in like what you'd see in a 1980s sci-fi movie whereas these are very very good-looking frames and glasses. And actually, you can, you can send off any glasses that you want, and they can get them done for you too. That's at blueblocks.com. Um, so otherwise, on to today's show, we have uh, a very special guest for me, and that is a guy called Chris Brown. Christopher Brown, he's been my mentor for the last three years, um, business coach and mentor. And we talk all about self-development mindset and what it takes to get to the next level and why you know, thinking differently and, and success leaves clues as we talk about in the show and thinking differently and doing things differently is so important if you want to get ahead and start to actually create a life, maybe a business that you absolutely love and to have a vision bigger than anything else, which is really important. So without further ado, here is Chris, here's the episode. I just want to say, I hope you enjoy this as much as it. In fact, we're going to have a part two because we didn't, we we got cut a bit short, and I just know that it gets so much value from this, especially in, you know, revive yourself. It comes in not in the form of health, but it comes in the form of self development, self improvement. So, you know, I said before, here's Chris. Enjoy the show, and I'll see you on the other side. I thought you were. I thought we were going then. I was saying to I want the audience to know you've been more Halusi than Houdini. <laughs> well, wasn't gone yet, mate. No. <laughs> well, it is now. At least I know. So we've been trying to get you on for a long, long time. So I, sh- I should have actually been your first guest, I guess. You should have been my first guest, yeah. It's just, obviously, you're an incredibly busy person, and, uh, you know, it's hard to track you down. You've got so many things going on that I can understand, but it would have been, I mean, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have this podcast, so. There we go. So there you go, my man. And, I've always been here. I was never going away, so. No, 100%. And uh, I don't think you've read the first passage uh, in my in my book yet that's coming out, but uh, you and someone else actually get a special mention. Because oh, thanks, mate. No, oh, mate, because uh, it's been it's been a hell of a journey for the last three years, and um, you know, having had other coaches in this area before, I know how how bad and how many like uh, charlatans are out there. So when you finally find someone that you can work with and um, who's honest and with integrity and holds the same values as you, it's it's, it's uh, it, well, it makes a huge difference, you know, and probably as you found in in life too. The same with your clients, right? And they. Yeah other coaches and, and what you do good coaches bad coaches people who care people who don't care so much yeah i know it's just yeah and it's like this is why i really want to get you on as well because it's interesting because uh well you know having talking about yourself and who's doing what they do right now um, mm-hmm. but you've also come from a, a background that you wasn't always doing what you're doing yeah and so just for just for pe- people that and uh Chris, um, you were fitness in uh, Liverpool, but you also have fitness for well, profits, yeah, which is like helping the fitness industry or health industry as well, like grow their business as well. Yeah. So you wasn't always doing that, were you? And so this is why, same similar to me, 
as a helper, I scratched my own itch and I was able to, uh, after going through stuff, I was um, from a place where well, you, were, you were working in a factory, right? Yeah. So, yeah, when I left school, did my A-levels, wanted to be a physiotherapist. Funny enough, hmm. did uh, chose A levels based off that. So I did biology, chemistry, psychology, and PE. Pretty heavy. Didn't enjoy it at all, and bummed, bummed around. Basically, was doing. I did graffiti at the time as well. So I was deep into graffiti. <laughs> so like sitting through chemistry lessons, things like that, and um, yeah, I was just thinking about drawing all of the time. And so, yeah, basically after two years of doing A-levels, not pretty much not enjoying it at all, being pretty academic, doing, I mean, I did real well in my GCSEs, like nine A's, two B's, a C. My A-levels completely bombed, like the D's and E's, because I just, I just wasn't vibing with it. I like, wasn't into it really. I spent most of my time like bumming off and sitting in, uh, some of my friends did animation. So I go and sit off in their lectures and like pretend that I was a student in their class and I just do their work instead. Um, but yeah, after like two years of that, I just like needed to go make some money. My dad worked in Nissan and went to work in a car factory for like almost two years. So yeah, it was pretty, pretty mad, but it was fun. Like I learned a lot, but after a period of time, I was like, look, there's so much more inside of me that I need to get out. I need to get out of here and decided to go back to uni, do sports degree, did the degree and natural evolution was personal trainer. It was never the thing that I wanted to do. It was just like, I can make money out of it. Moved from Newcastle to Liverpool. Yeah, I met a girl in Ibiza uh, in the second, second year of uni. Went to Ibiza, met a girl. Was with her for like two years. A year traveling back and forth. Actually, it was almost three years. A year traveling back and forth. And then I moved down to Liverpool for like two years and then split up with her. Stayed down here. Built my reputation as a personal trainer, opened a gym, and that's kind of like the fast track now. Uh, met a, a beautiful lady, which is now my wife, two kids, two beautiful kids, lovely home, and uh, yeah, Merseyside is my home now. So, yeah, you already moved to Merseyside, but before that, there's people out there, and I, because you sort of like you've lost, you've lost over there, you didn't actually mention it, but it's something that when you first told me this, like this was, I, I didn't notice about you either. Like you've, you know, you've worked in this end and stuff, and this is this is what I want to get when I get into the job. Is a lot of people will work in jobs they don't like, mm-hmm. and there's they they struggle to, and they they've got maybe dreams that they want to do something else, but they struggle to know how to get out of it. But this is the thing; it's almost like it's like it's very. It's, I mean, talked about this different archetypes quite a lot. You know, you've got different archetypes. One of the archetypes that we've got is a prostitute archetype. And it's not mean like going out and being what people think a prostitute is these days. It means, you know, sometimes you have to do stuff that you don't like to get somewhere you do want to be. Yeah, exactly. And, um, but one of the things you did, you used to work in McDonald's too, right? Yeah, when I was doing my A-levels, I did, yeah, I was McDonald's in manager training. So, yeah, like one of the things that has been consistent with me, like with everything I've ever done, has always been, like I want to be, the best at whatever I'm doing. So when I was in McDonald's, I had all my gold stars. You know, people used to take the piss out of me, whatever. But like, dude, I was going to be there. I wasn't going to be a, a one-star bum, right? I was going to get all the stars, collect them all. And I was actually manager training at like 17. So 
that was pretty cool. I learned a lot from that in terms of business systemization, how it all functioned, leadership management. And then, yeah, Nissan was the same thing. It was like I wanted to develop myself in that. And it was, it was always a case of like, for me, uh, growth is such a big value of mine that I would hit a ceiling in whatever it was and I just couldn't tolerate that anymore. So yeah, that was kind of why I ditched it. But it was easy for me at the time. I was you know, young, no family, no responsibilities. But yeah, I mean, there was a big move. I moved from that. It was 25 grand a year, 18 year old, you know, living at home. Yeah. 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 Two grand in my uh, back sky rocket every month. Wasn't so bad. (laughs) I spent it all on my mates, taking them on nights out, balling out. But yeah. But that's, but that's like, so from there to then go back, obviously back to university uh, and you started and you went into the personal training business, you know, just, just, just because this is something that I don't really want to talk about, because what was your parents like? People out there or like, because people at the time, even like adults, you know, they can be hugely influenced by their parents when they say, like for you to drop out on A-levels and go and, and go and start doing personal training, um, in fact, sorry, leave Nissan and then start doing that. Uh, what was what was your mum and dad saying? What- well, my dad was a team leader in Nissan, and I like said to him, "Look, Dad, I want to make some money. Um, can you get me a job at Nissan?" And he was like, "Humming and hawing." Like he, he told me all of his life, "Like I don't want you working in a factory. I don't want you to do what I do. Like you're much more intelligent than that. I want you to do something, you know, bigger, better." And it's kind of funny because I can remember having a conversation with him. I must have been like younger than 10 and he was like oh you could be a really good personal trainer and I, I don't know why like i ended up in that role but it was talking about you know like athletes and movie stars and stuff like that i was only young but i have like a really vivid memory of it but yeah i asked my dad to get a job there he was like on one condition that you you, you promise me you won't stay there right and that was it so yeah like they've always supported every decision that i've made and i mean my mom and dad have yeah, they have an equestrian center like a farm. So I grew up like running that as well at like 17, 18, 19. I was helping with that. When I was all the way through uni, I was pretty much running day to day on it. I've always had, I've had an entrepreneurial family. Like my nan and granddad, they owned fish and chip shops and pubs. Mom has a business. Uh, dad, my dad has always worked in the factory until recently. About, I don't know how many years ago it was, maybe five, six, seven years ago, he took a voluntary redundancy. Yeah, I mean, they've always just, they've just always told me I can do whatever I want. That's awesome. And always backed me on it, like, regardless. And I'm pretty stubborn anyway, so if they yeah. didn't, I would do it anyway. <laughs> so there's no sort of like to and fro and saying that you should, it would rather you be safe, but they were quite happy for you to go. They, they like didn't want me there in the first place. So it was never a thing of like, oh, you've got a really secure job. You should stay there and this, that, and the other. Like, they knew, obviously, like my my intelligence surpassed the results of my A levels, and even in school, I was like put up like two years ahead and things like that. So it was always my my thing was like if I'm into it and digging it, I'll bust my ass. If I'm not, then I'm just like not interested. And that's why A levels for me were were a pain. But yeah, I just think you know, I, I was quite fortunate in the fact that my parents are not like, oh, you should really consider that or like. You should buy yourself a house or you should move out and do this and do that. Like the, they're just very supportive of, of everything I've done. Yeah, that's awesome. Because there's a lot of people that stay stuck because of... Suppressed, yeah, by their parents. Yeah, making sure that they're 
because the parents they want them to be safe right and so no like it's it's not easy being a parent like i can tell you you know they just make decisions based on the mindset that they have and and their experiences and they've been hurt and 100%. They, they don't want you to go through the same pain exactly i mean also they're, yeah they're trying to keep you safe right this is like i mean i i had it with, with my parents when i was trying to build a business they were like oh this even when it comes to like building a business you know they don't understand sometimes spend money to they do spend money to make money but it's like not when you talk about i mean you don't so we're talking about when we're doing our last sort of intensive you know sometimes there's certain things you only talk about with people in the thing because they don't people don't understand like we talk about spending money on advertising and stuff like that and people are like what are you spend yeah. yeah but as you say if you spend a pound and every time you've got two pound back how many times are you spend well yeah i know it's a, it, for me it's an investment stream things like advertising but you know for the average person to wrap their head around the fact that i mean i spend infinitely more than I ever used to make on ads every month. Yeah. I can. Yeah. And so this is, so like, so to get, so to get, just because I don't want to miss, miss out bits, right? So you then started personal training people, right? Mm-hmm. And this is, this is because of what I want to talk about really today is also, it's like a lot of self-development and, and people like one of the quotes, I think you brought it to my attention. Mm-hmm. I think it was, it's huge. I know it's stuck in my head ever since and it's never going to leave. And it's, Jim Ron, who said, "Your level of success will seldom exceed your level of personal development." Yeah, this isn't something that happens to you; it's something you become. You know, and even saying it, it like puts hairs back on my neck. And I think it's like so important. So, for people like you, going for personal trainer, but working in the gym, mm-hmm. and you, what made you like your next step was opening up boot camps, right? What made you do that? Feeling trapped. Feeling trapped again. Like I said before, like growth is such a big thing. When I f- when I stop feeling growth, I start searching for the next thing. Mm-hmm. And it's been a, it's been a natural logical thing. I mean, I was PT and uh, realized pretty quick that you could be the smartest nutrition and training coach in the world, but if you can't get people to stick to anything, you're not going to get anyone results. So I switched pretty quickly to studying mindset mm-hmm. and like understanding why people what why people do what they do is kind of fascinating fascinated me for a long time still fascinates me like why do people do this do the things that you do every day like what what drives the decisions and yeah it just felt like well i mean geez i went to the boot camps because uh i wanted to make more money there was more opportunity more impact available i could help more people have more time off and then i could work on my own development even further Right. So me, it was always leverage. Like, how do I get more time available so that I can utilize that time to develop myself and push myself further forward? And so that was when, so you did boot camps for a while. And then the next step for you was what? Having your own participant? No, we had uh, myself and Paul, who's also been on your podcast. We had like 20 something locations right across the UK. So we, we'd opened up a bunch of boot camps. We licensed it out. It was doing pretty well. Didn't enjoy it. Uh, we pretty much, we, I mean, we, we shut down a six-figure business because it, it just wasn't the thing that we wanted to do anymore. And then, then came the gym. Right, and that, and and the gym, it was was that always in Liverpool? It was, yeah, in the world. Cool, but so from there though, from being a gym owner and doing that, you then started to, I don't know, break off into marketing. Yeah, marketing. It's basically yeah. marketing, but it's like helping people create their businesses. But for me, it's seeing the person that even in the last three years, like 
when I met you, but the person you've become in the last three years as well, it's like you're already on that path. You're already doing phenomenal stuff, and now you're like where you are now. Yeah. And even if I look back on me, like what I'm doing differently to that, it's so different because who you become, right? So, what made you want to do that? Was it once again the ceiling you wanted to speak Mom, I'm a change maker. Like that's, that's at the root of what I do. That is what it is. Like I did a, a really, a really interesting exercise a few years ago. And I tried to connect the dots between a lot of years. And I basically try to bring into my conscious mind one word that describes me and what I'm driven by purposely. And and it came down to it that like everything that I've ever done inside of my life has always revolved around one thing, helping people change for the better. So I I mean, I started coaching at 15 in football, now 32. Coaching's been part of my life longer than it hasn't. But even before then, I was always the mediator between friends. I was always the person who was trying to help people, you know, solve problems, get better. And it's always been something that has been in me naturally. And I find most people find a career that kind of does that anyway and i mean yeah like that's it change maker so for me it's always about playing a bigger game and i just fell in love with psychology in general and marketing and psychology go hand in hand yeah yeah. and then the impact of marketing that like people don't see marketing like this but i do like marketing gives you opportunity to impact so many more people and the ability to impact more people allows you something very, very simple and easy, right? It's the more opportunity you create, the more impact you make, the more people you help, the bigger the change you create, and the bigger the legacy that you leave. So for me, it's like, yeah, I might be in marketing, but like, I, I'm not like somebody who does marketing as a career, I like I'm somebody who uses marketing as a tool to create more impact. Like I say, when you said that, like marketing, it's like, that's not a way I feel, feel, feel that you do. That's like not what I feel about you. Like, that's not the way I see you, you know? Yeah. It's, it's so much more than that. It's yeah. like, as you said, this is the thing, because money gets a bad rep, so money is the root of all evil. It's, it's like, well, it's not. Only if you treat, use it for evil, you know, if you use it for good, like, people are saying, it's really like, if you're, because more money you get, more you can advertise, more you can put out to more people, more life you can affect, you know? It's like... Yep. My dude, we, we just put an event in Marbella for all of our students. It cost me a pretty penny. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, obviously every client's paying to be there, but it's still, like, I still went out of pocket that I didn't have to do that. But if I didn't have money, you couldn't do that. And the experience that we had there created such an impact and change for people that I know, like, people will never be the same because of it. Yeah. That's what jazzes me up. Like, that's what juices me, you know? Like... 100%. I mean, that's why I wanted to get onto this today because that was some of the stuff we're using there. It's some of the stuff that I think people find it really hard to stay with because most people in the world are in that safety mindset or in that sort of like scarcity mindset and don't have that vision. It's like a lot of stuff we covered there was, was huge. And, and it comes about, it's like when people talk about, you talk about marketing, but sometimes it's just, I don't know if it's Gary Vee said this, I don't know if it's someone who said, like, what is it? Stop thinking about content and just start telling your your life story. Or just start talking about your life. But it's just like because if you're living your your purpose, mm-hmm. it's easy to do that. But a lot of the things that hold people back are like breaking out the limiting beliefs, or it's like you can listen to something for a little while, but like once they go back into their normal day to day life, it's easy to lose that sort of sight of things. And so 
having like a community like we've got or like doing that, you know, sometimes it's just getting out of your head. I mean, some of the things we went through are huge. Yeah, well, let's, let's get into it. I mean, the reason that people struggle that way is because they have an outside in model. Like they let the outside world affect their internal reality too much. They let their current results dictate their action as opposed to their vision. And like, I think that's the most people don't have an idea clearly of what they want. They know what they don't want. Like, I don't want to feel this way. I don't want to suffer like this anymore. I don't want to be in this relationship. I don't want to be in this job. I don't want to be in this career. I don't want to, you know, be in this marriage. I don't want to be in this friendship. But they don't have a clear vision of what they do want. So all they're doing is using their, their current results to, to filter their mind and they end up attracting more of it. And it's why people get stuck in cycles. You know, people who are, you know, serial, you know, people get in relationships and they end up attracting the same thing every single time. Because their mindset is like, I don't want this kind of relationship. And by focusing their energy and attention on it, they attract it more so. But they don't have a conscious, clear vision that's in front of them every time of the, you know, the partner they want to attract and the values that they have. And I think you're, you're much more inclined to put up with, do have stuff that you don't want if you're not driven by vision and you're not clear on vision. Yeah, I, no, 100%. I mean, having the, having the vision, like some of the things you said, like having a vision bigger than what you can even imagine, you know? Yeah, it's beyond your wildest limitations. Like, yeah. Most, and this is what not, most people don't do. Most people have a goal that they know is possible and achievable. But the problem with that is that it's so small that it's not compelling. And it's usually surface level and materialistic. And so everybody's bought a new car, had a new car, moved into their dream house, and then pretty much wanted to move or wanted a new car not long after it, right? Like the, the honeymoon of owning that car ends pretty quickly and sooner rather than later, it just becomes a car. And it's like, what's next? And the problem with that is that it's not about, and we, we can talk on inputs, outputs and stuff like that as well. Like so many people are focused on the output and not on the input. And it's much more important to understand. It's not about like the juice is in who you become in the journey, not in the thing that you accomplish. Yeah. Uh, you got to understand that. Like it's, it's hugely important. Everybody's attention is on how do I reach this goal Instead of like, who do I need to become and what do I need to do in order to get there? The goal is a limit, in my opinion. The vision should propel you and pull you and draw you forward. But your energy and attention every day needs to be on things that makes you feel good and moves you forward towards that. Like you can't have a vision of being a millionaire and get up to a nine to five every day with no ambition, no aspiration. Getting out of bed, checking social media for like 60 minutes a day like before you even get out of bed, right? Like getting up, never going to train, never eating or nourishing yourself with good food, never thinking well, not reading, not developing yourself. Like how do you ever expect to have that? And then that just becomes a pipe dream. And so a pipe dream is something that people, you know, they, they say on a visceral level that they want, but they allow their current situation to dictate their direction far too much. So their evidence to them is like, I want to be a millionaire. Yeah, but you're a broke bum who has a job that you hate. And like, and this is internal talk. This is not me saying this. This is what people's dialogue is, right? They 
they really beat themselves up. Like, yeah, you're a broke bum. You don't have no opportunity, no aspiration. Like, no Zaya, you're not achieving anything in your life, this, that, and the other. And this self-talk just kind of sabotages them internally. And then they allow that to drive them forward too much. And then they get disheartened, discouraged, and then the dream dies and then they, their ambition dies, which is pretty sad. So how do they stop that happening? Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty simple. It's simple in theory. Execution is a little bit more difficult. Um, the first thing, obviously, you have to develop is, is discipline and resilience. Struggle, hurt, pain is all part of progress. Without that, there, you know, there's no joy and happiness. It's the dichotomy of it. And really, it's about having an internal outward world, right? It's where you, know, you have a dream and a belief that is so wild and crazy that like, people have a hard time wrapping their head around. But like, you have such confidence around it because you've just internalized it so much and you've made it part of your conscious mind and you've embedded it in your subconscious so much that it becomes part of who you are, becomes part of your identity and you're just driven so forward towards it. I watched um, a Jeff Bezos interview. It was like maybe 20 years ago when Amazon right, first went public, I think it was. He was talking about... He, he was basically talking in this interview to a, um, a news reporter and he was like, I'm most excited about the fact that we've, you know, we've bought loads of real estate and um, we've hired so many staff and he's like, yeah, and your investors aren't going to be happy with that. And this, that, the other reporter was like a real pessimist. And he was like, no, you don't get it. I'm excited about that. It gives us so much opportunity. And this guy, you could tell, he was just like, this guy's crazy. He's insane. Like he has no idea what he's doing. And I think that's like a real mark of vision where your vision is so grandiose that you've internalized so much that other people just cannot wrap their head around it. It's like Elon Musk, like telling people that, you know, he's going to build space rockets and things like that. Like, been driven since a child by space travel through his, his love for comics and aliens and things like that. And like some of the stuff that he says, people just have a super hard time wrapping their head around. So I think you, you know, without a vision, you're going to get stuck and trapped and use your current results in your life. If, like if you're overweight, as an example, like what happens is most people, this is the, kind of what happens. I'm going to start a diet. They start dieting for like two, three weeks and they get marginal results. Like it doesn't match what their, their, their initial blueprint for those results would be. Like they expected themselves to be further along the line. They look at the results and they're like, oh, still fat. And then they just give up. And they have like, they, are they, they fall off track and they like, they cheat on their diet as an example. And they're like, oh, fuck it. I'm just going to blow it off. I can't do this. I've given up already. I need to, you know, I'll get back on it on Monday. And that's kind of the cycle. It's just that letting the current results dictate it. But it's because they're trying to achieve something within their level of believability. And they're trying to line up the dots as opposed to creating something so crazy. If you ask most people their goal, it's always within a, in a realm of their believability. If like somebody was 100 pound overweight and you, like, you said to them, like, you could literally have a six pack. Most of their goals are going to be like, I want to lose 50 pounds. Does that make sense? 100%. Yeah. No. I'm just kind of ranting here a little bit. No, no, but... no, no. You just take pauses and I'm always thinking, do I feel this fit? Feel this in? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to make sure you didn't have more to come out. That's what, no, no. It makes 100% sense. It's like, I, I, I mean, I know it's like myself. It's like having that goal you can get to and then you get there and you think, oh, bigger. What's bigger? And it's like, 
this is why having a vision for it is the funny thing is one of the funny things is everyone wants to get to the destination but the fun is actually in the journey it's in becoming yeah that's what i said like the juice is in the the juice is in who you become right not where you end up i always refer i don't know if people in the uk know this that only fools and horses um there's a bit when they finally become millionaire millionaires and like they're all walking around and daryl's actually bored yeah he's like well the the fun was in the chase you know yeah the dream was bigger than the thing right then he realizes that he can start investing other stuff. He gets excited again. It's like, there's another dream. This is why I hate people, even millionaires, people don't spend time on a beach. They're all doing stuff because life is a purpose and it's really important. But, and, and so like, I said the other day, like, I even put a post up, I think it was yesterday. It was like, humans aren't designed to be happy. And I was like, that's why purpose is everything. Having a yeah. purpose, having a dream. But like, for you, like we talked about that, it was brilliant. I want to get into it deeper, but for you, when was, I mean, did you ever have that moment or that aha moment that you, that breakthrough moment where you thought, okay, now I get there? Because would you ever like, like thinking, now I'm in, or would you ever struggling with this or has it always been in your mind to be able to like see the bigger part, bigger vision, or have a, a grandiose sort of like vision for yourself? Man, like I've never, obviously it expands all of the time, like the level of belief and ability. Like we spend a lot of time at our intensive talking about paradigms, right? And paradigms are basically um, a set of beliefs and habits that are so ingrained into our DNA that they dictate and drive us each and every day. We don't make our decisions, our paradigms do. And so, you know, I'm, I'm working in, I remember distinctly working in Nissan and I was having a conversation with my dad on the way home. We traveled to and from work every time. It was, it was pretty cool. It was a nice time in my life. I would say to him, like, how much is this guy on? Like our supervisors or the managers. I was constantly fascinated with that. Like, how much does he earn? Remember you we saying like 65 grand a year. And I was like, what? 65 grand a year. That's insane. I was like, that's like 1500 quid a week or whatever. I'm like, that's insane. Like imagine what you could do with all that money. It, it, which is, it, this is, and this was quite funny. This was crazy. And then when I started having success in my business, my old supervisor, the guy who I was like fascinated with how much he made, like we were, and one of the guys who I used to work with, my dad worked with was retiring. So this was long after I'd left left Nissan and he was having a retirement party. So my dad was like, why don't you come along, meet some of the lads that you used to work with. And so I went and I was in, in a Weatherspoons in Newcastle opposite Central Station. Probably know where it is if you've been there. And I was chatting my old supervisor. He was like, wow, like what you've done is, is amazing. He was like, um, by this point, I mean, probably like trebled his salary a year, you know? And it's like my wife is um she's a PA she's like looking for, she's looking for work do you need to hire anyone and I was like damn like that was that was like a really cool moment for me like the guy who were like put on a pedestal at one point was like asking me for a job for his wife and um uh, yeah i just think it always expands like you you get surrounded by people who who push your paradigms and like once the paradigm is broken you'll ne- you you can never go back to it the best example I can use, and I mean, apologies to the flat earthists out there, but one of the best examples I could see of it is like, once you realize that the world is spherical, you can, you could like, in the past, right? The history books tell us that people believed the world was flat. And then Christopher Columbus discovered the world and he discovered it was spherical. And then the entire world changed because of that. Like that's an example of a paradigm globally, a global paradigm. And we have like obviously local paradigms, our own, and global paradigms, culture. And 
it, it's really about understanding that once that paradigm is broken, like you'll never return and never go back. Like I've, I've experienced, witnessed being surrounded by so much now that it's, it's hard for me to, to not think big. I mean, when, when you've got friends who are, and this is crazy for some people, but friends in business who are investing 50 to 100 grand a day in advertising, it's pretty hard for people to like wrap their head around that. Yeah. Well, it's a million pound every 10 days. Yeah, exactly. And they're making, you know, double that back each and every day. Well, one of the things you said, you know, <laughs> one of the quotes you put in the intensive was a uh, faith and fear will learn the same thing. The ability to believe in something that doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same skill set, right? Like if you can, if you can trust, if you believe in the fear that arises in your mind, that is the exact same skill set as believing in faith that you'll be able to overcome any obstacle that gets stood in your way. Right? So it's like faith and fear require the same skill set, the ability to believe in something that does not yet exist. So it's basically like, what are we choosing to believe? Are we choosing to believe our negative self-talk, the stuff that beats us up and suppresses us and pushes us down, which mostly isn't ours, right? Most of our our fears and insecurities and negative self-talk is borrowed and gifted if you can call it a gift or cursed to us by parents, social circles, um, childhood, teachers, growth, but, you know, like all the way through our life. Yeah. And most of what we do every day, most of our paradigms are, are software programs installed by other people. And most people do not have control over their own software. And that comes down to your ability to, to reshape your paradigms, change your beliefs, and break old paradigms and, and rebuild them. Well. It happens in every area of life, though. It's not even just with business, right? You, so you think, oh, it could be something with your relationship. It could be something even with, I don't know, with, with anything, uh, even with, like, even people playing sports, you know, they think they mm-hmm. the brain tries to protect them from feeling that before. So people don't understand, like, well, this comes from the fact that the brain doesn't want you to, you know, negative thoughts stick to your brain like Velcro, you know, because it doesn't want you to go through that pain again. But it's like, a lot of the time, is that even true? It's this is a with Byron Katie, you know? Is that yeah. true? Yeah, do you, yeah. Who would you be without a thought, right? Is it true? And who you who would you be without that thought? Well, sometimes the actions that you take from thinking that negative thought put, puts that thing in place. Well, the ancestor of every action is a thought, right? right yeah. So it's like thought, thought, feeling, emotion, action. Yeah. So it's like he, here's what we're thinking about. We start to, I mean, like if you, so, so many people have like money worries Mm -hmm. and let's say they avoid looking at the bank account, which is a lot of people and they get a bill and then instantly the money worry comes in their mind. Then the feeling they start to get is their heart beating, you know, the, the anxiety in their stomach, maybe feeling sick, nauseous. Then the the emotion is when they label that as like I'm I've got anxiety, right? So they create they create it through a label. How we label things is often how we experience them. Yeah. Then the actions they take as a result of that are from from that. So like fear driven decisions, right? And so they start to panic, they start to worry, they start to you know shut down defend think scarcely uh like lack like see the lack of opportunity 
and all of that. And, and it all just stems from that, you know, the initial thought, like you've got to, we've got to control what we think about. Are we going to be able to control what goes into our head? No. Can we choose how we filter it? Yes. But it's about being consciously aware. So many people aren't aware. Like an awareness is the thing that breaks paradigms. It allows you to look at yourself from a detached way. Like the way that I try and get awareness is I will almost separate myself from myself as if like I'm above my own body. And that's kind of how I visualize it. Like I'm above my own body. I'm detached from the thing that I'm feeling, experiencing. And then I explore the thought. Right, I call it. I call this crushing demons. It's like it, that thought. Is it really something that is is beneficial? Is it something that's absolutely true? Like, is it absolutely true? So when you do that, when you crush demons, you write it down and then go through the reasons why it's not true, or you just write it down. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like I write it down, and um, basically, like, is it true? No. It's not true. So if it's not true, then what is it? It's created. It's fiction. But it's fiction. It's not real. And so, I mean, it's it's quite something that we've been doing with, with like every morning. You know, three things I'm grateful for: crushing demons and to do list. The other thing, like, it's, it has been really powerful, and that the breath work. And this is this is what about who you become. The other thing that we talked about, which was really big for me because I've written a book with Miracle Morning uh, and it's something that you talked about as well and I think it's, it's huge like having that unwavering faith like yeah. just believing it's going to happen because you're doing everything that eventually it doesn't matter eventually it's going to happen whether it's today or tomorrow year down the line two years three years whatever it's going to be it's going to happen inevitability is the word right like I, uh, I learned that a long time ago it's like inevitability it doesn't matter how long it takes and I think that's when people get disheartened discouraged uh, we we often overestimate what we can do in a year, but we often underestimate what we can do in 10. Yeah, awesome. And so, so it's like having this understanding of inevitability, like take it. This is why goals and focusing on outputs is a, is a mistake because we put limitations on things. Like we might think that it's going to take a year, but it could only take six weeks. Man, the amount of people that have had financial goals in the business growth stuff that we've done, that have smashed that within eight weeks is crazy to me. Like it's, it's unbelievable. It's because their current level of thinking and paradigm is only allowing them to think within a confined realm and they don't have experience or evidence of it and they don't have belief. And really what's more important than anything, like where do you, where do you develop belief? How do you develop belief? And this has been something that's been key in my life. And I have right now, I'll tell you, I have a, I have a jujitsu coach. I actually have three jujitsu coaches. How crazy is that? I have a jujitsu coach who helps me work on a specific domain, leg locks. I have a jujitsu coach who helps me work on wrestling and takedowns. And then I have a jujitsu coach, which is um, head honcho at Next Gen, Paul Rimmer, who's more like helping me with strategy and things like that, right? Then I have a mindset coach. I have you know people who help with my marketing. Like financial coaches movement yeah. yeah movement yoga it, it, it training like the more that i can um borrow somebody else's belief and adopt it as part of mine the better and that's sometimes what people lack they, they lack somebody that believes in their dream more than they do themselves 
And so they're their own, like they're their only person who believes in their dream. They don't have anyone to back them up. And sometimes you just need that mentor, that coach that can tell you like, listen, this, this is doable. This is possible. You can do this. And I think it's not even about believing that you can do it yourself. It's just accepting possibility and having somebody that believes in it so strongly that you don't always believe in it, but you know that I believe in it. Maybe with your business as well, Ryan, like you came to me knowing that it was possible, maybe believing that you could do it because the, the past results that you'd had or the current results you were experiencing. And you come to me, I insert that level of certainty and believe, believability into you and then boom, you go and do it. And, and I think that's incredibly important, having a, a surrounding, an environment, a, a person, a group of people that can influence the way that you think and feel in a positive way. Uh, example, uh, sister-in-law and her boyfriend, George, they started this 75-day challenge um, from a podcast, Andy Frisella podcast, and it was a mental resilience thing. And now she, she's been through a lot of stuff for a young girl. She's been through a lot of challenge. I'm not going to go too in depth of it, but she's been through a lot. And so they started on this mental resilience challenge. And it's like, um, it's two workouts a day, one indoor, one outdoor. Uh, It is a progress picture every day, a gallon of water a day, and zero cheat meals for 75 days. Right? Just stick to a goddamn diet for 75 days. No alcohol is an example, right? And the whole thing is that most people have never gone 75 days without like sticking... Oh, and there's one more thing. Read 10 pages of self-development a day. 10 pages. Yeah. And most people have never committed to that level of block of time ever. Yet wonder why they don't get results. So they, like, they were telling me about this podcast. And obviously their colleagues at work, they're like, what are you you're crazy? Like two workouts a day, like no cheap meals, no alcohol what, you got to read a self-development book every day? Like drink a gallon of water. Oh, I could never drink a gallon of water. I'd be constantly at the toilet. Well, it's kind of the point, right? Like how else are you going to flush away the crap in your body? And um, all this kind of external resistance, they tell me and I'm like, dude, send me a link to that podcast. And like every time I see them, I'm like asking for progress. I'm like super proud of you. Keep going. Love it. Like I'm, I just like get, I get amped up when people get on a journey and like I see them on that journey and like they're reading books and like the second they came around to mine after they told me they were doing it, I went upstairs, got like five books. I'm like, read these. (laughs) I just love the fact that people want to develop themselves and get better. And like, that's the environment that you need to have. You need people in your corner like me with them. And now like I'm on day two of that 75 day challenge. As soon as I cleared my schedule, I'm like, it's almost like like I'm not and it's positive negative like wait dude that's exactly what i need right now like i just need a commitment to a period of time and they inspired me to take that but also i'm like hungry for that like if somebody's getting a win somewhere and they've learned something i I want the same thing i think it's really difficult for people every day if they're in a career or, or a workplace or an environment that's just like not that positive and then I'm going deep on this, but culture of one is super important. Oh, it's huge, mate. Because why I say that, this is why people, when you're saying before, when people come to me, they don't believe they can get better, and I tell them they can. They're like, oh, right, yeah, yeah. And they train with testimonials and so give them more things. It's like, I go with you, mate, when you talk about something in the business. It's like, yeah, like, culture of one is important. But basically, like, your, your energy goes to the strongest. Your energy, if you train yourself by, it's like women, for example. 
if they live together, the strongest woman in that group, everyone else, every other woman in that group, their period will start to sync with that strongest woman. Okay, their yep. testing. So it happens around people. So if you're around the people that are always negative, if you've got to be a super strong-willed person to keep positive around those people, uh, otherwise, you know, they're going to drag you down to their level. Crabs in the bucket. Yeah, I have, I have a really good like idea around this. So I, I think about things as ideas, right? And I think if we can instill ideas into people, we can build little idea viruses, right? And so if somebody's in that environment right now, like a really toxic environment, it might be, you know what? And sometimes it's really sad to see this, but it could be their partner. Like they might really want to do something. And the person who's supposed to be the most supportive in their life, be like, why are you doing that? Mm-hmm. Or like subtly sabotaging what they want to do, mm-hmm. right? You know, they want to quit alcohol for a, a month and then they come home from work and the, the, their partner's bought a bottle of wine. Yeah. You know, subtle dick moves, things like that, right? Or you tell, you know, you, your mom's your mom's like, love to feed you up and you're on a diet and you go around and they've got all cakes and all kinds like that. And it's like, it's, it's almost done through love, but it's like, it, that's what you battle with every day. It's like you, your environment. And so the thing that you've got to understand is that you, you cannot allow yourself to lower to the level of group think. You have to create a strong internal culture, so strong and so resilient that everybody rises to your level. Or they feel so uncomfortable by your energy, your enthusiasm, your sense of self that they disintegrate and fall away. And it's, I don't think it's about like common, like internet wisdom is like, oh, cull your friendships. Don't be around negative people. And like you're the average of the five people that you, you know, spend time with. I kind of think that's true, but I also think like you, you the yeah. You might be the average of your environment. You're the average of your thoughts, more so though. 100%. Like culture of one is so important. Like you talk about group culture, but how can you build a resilient culture inside of yourself so strong that you just it's like that unwavering faith that you say, and it comes from daily discipline, the ability to win the day each and every day. Like not a day goes by that I don't read at least a chapter of a book. And I don't listen to at least, you know, 30 to, 30 to an hour, 30 to 60 minutes worth of some kind of audiobook. Not a day. And I've done that consistently for the last seven or eight years. Yeah, I mean, it's huge. It's just like the same as it's about health, it's the same as what, it's what you put in, right? It's what you put in your body. It's, it's huge. Like, it's, it's another, oh, like, I just, yeah, I just don't understand why people wouldn't do it. Like, why would, like a book is a tenor. Like, why wouldn't you? I think it does take it does take discipline. It does. It's easy. The humans, you know, they get they go the way the easiest path, you know, and like less that. So let's be honest, Chris. Yeah, getting up in the morning. Yeah, getting up in the morning and checking Facebook and Instagram is a lot, and then doing whatever, having a crap breakfast, having a quick cereal, whatever, is a lot easier. Mm. Okay, not checking that. Going straight into journal. Um, three grateful things I'm grateful for crushing demons my to-do list then spending uh, two to five minutes doing left-handed writing to make sort so like doing that you know yeah the teeth would be left-handed as well getting your brain moving then um, doing um, some breath work meditation breath work you know then getting up going to the gym uh, working out there coming back hot cold shower ready to start your day all right yep 
that's that's my routine at the moment. Every every goddamn day, yeah. Every day. Every day, and you know, it's just I feel phenomenal for it. Um, and but I'm, I'm actually going to do that. Probably not. Why? Because it's easy not to. Yeah. Well, here's here's what I learned recently. Like you're going to experience dif- discomfort no matter what you do. 85% of the population are uncomfortable due to their overweightness, mm. their body. Their body causes them discomfort and overweight. Um, discomfort and um, like, yeah, basically uncomfortableness, right? Day in, day out. But what, like, what do you choose? Do you choose the discomfort from being overweight, out of shape, loathing yourself, feeling like shit every day? Or do you, you know, feel the discomfort from getting up and sweating your ass off in the gym? Do you feel the discomfort from... You know, you might not be a reader. People have these beliefs. I don't read. I'm not a reader. Dude, I didn't read a single book until I was like, I didn't start reading until I got into business, really. Like my dad is a serial reader. I didn't read anything at all. And since then, I've pretty much on average read a book a week for the last seven years. I don't read. I listen to it, audio books, you know? But yeah, it's like, but even that, it's like people can read. Like just read. It's a skill. It's like maths. It's like anything. It's like the job that you do every day now. Like you learn. And I think that's, it's like people have to have this desire to like change the situation. There's, there's so much like there's, there's discomfort and we're driven by pain, you know, more so than anything, pain and pleasure. Pain gets us started, pleasure keeps us going. But so many people, they, they associate more pain with change than they do with staying where they're at. And the problem with comfort and a comfort zone is that it's comfortable. Well, if, if everything's comfortable, yeah, it, is, it is true. That's why you said, but when you know, a couple of things when we talk about like, the high mental faculties, but the other thing you said there is like carrot and stick, right? Yep. Like, if you always got, if it always takes you stick to get moving, it's never a good. Yeah. So carrot and stick is like imagine a donkey and you have a carrot that's like dangling in front of the donkey and it's keep walking forward to get the carrot, or you've got a stick that whacks the donkey. One like has a positive impact and the other has a negative impact. And like so many people are driven by the big fuck you. And it's like dark energy all of the time. Everything you act out of is a big, like dark energy. And in the almost, and I use this in our intensive, right? It's like almost the fighters that you see that need to get punched hard in the face before they wake up and start moving forward. They need that adversity in their life to start taking action. That's a pretty hard way to go about growth. <laughs> At some point, we have to realize that, yeah, maybe it's smarter that I don't get punched in the face and that I actually just learn how to take action before I get punched in the face mm. and be driven by my vision as opposed to moving away from the thing that I don't enjoy and don't like. I mean, I think that is, I mean, it's because when you try to get out of pain, it's almost like that burning, yeah, burning fire underneath you. Well, like, yeah, we, we definitely need that as well. Like we need, we need that. Like we, we will stay where we're at until the pain becomes so much that it's easier to change, usually. Mm-hmm. Like relationships, people stay in them way too long. And like, you know, abusive relationships, let's say like they're in an abusive relationship and it's, you know, like the last time is when, you know, the, the biggest incident happens and they can no longer tolerate it. Like they, they, their self-worth and their values like suddenly just perk up, but they tolerate it for so long. Because they see that it's easier to stay there than go through the 
the craziness and the chaos of leaving. And like, to- I, I like totally empathize. I've never been in that situation. I could never imagine how hard it could be, but I can only relate to other areas from my life where it's like often easier to stay there than, than make that decision. But we've got to, we've got to get a vision for our life that we know it can get better. We know we can grow through. We know we can, you know, we know we can get to like, imagine every single day, just, just locking your mind in on something that you truly want for your life and like beyond surface level, superficial stuff. Like it has to be a bigger vision than that. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, this because otherwise it's sort of like it's it's, uh, it's not. Yeah, I mean that'll come if you if you anyway if you're really good at what you do or if it go you know having that vision just that will come. But you say it's got to be because otherwise it's like getting you know, like what's next. Whereas with that vision, it's seeing. I say, for example, like one of the things I want for this podcast. You know, I want to get we get a million down a month. Yeah. And that's a, that might be a way off, but that's where I want it to. You know, that's like, and that's not, there's <laughs> a matter of five driving a Mercedes or a Fiat Puno, you know, it doesn't matter. Like, that's that's the sort of thing you want to get, get out to. We're trying to affect more people's lives, but it's it's, uh, it's a really important thing you said there, like having that, having that, but this is the one thing that, because I want to get into high mental faculties, but that thing you said about having that vision, 100%. A lot of people will go out there and read the secret and all that and try and manifest it, but about doing the work. They need to do the work right too, right? Yeah, dude. Yeah. Like you, I'm all for thinking and positive and, you know, like the law of attraction, but we attract who we are, not what we want. And that's the thing that people don't get. Like we can think about the thing that we want, all we want, but if we don't do the stuff day in, day out, that will get us to that point, then we can think about it all day long and it'll never happen. That's the bridge. Like, that's the thing. I'm, I'm talking vision. I'm like driven by a vision. But really, ultimately, when I'm saying driven by a vision, that boils down to what are the inputs every day that I have to take action on in order to move me there. So the vision propels me forward, but it's the daily actions and the basically the short window that I look at. It's like, okay, today's the day to crush the day. Tomorrow is today's day to crush the day. Here's why I'm doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Like your vision's your fuel, basically. Yeah. Right? Like you, you, without your vision, you don't have fuel. But you also need a car and wheels and tires and, and all of that to, to actually move. And the car is like, you know, you're constantly building a better car just to see it as a project. Like each and every day, you're building a better vehicle to take you forward. And the fuel is your vision. It's 100%. It's so important to have them. This is why it's so important to This is why it's nice that you always say success leads clues, right? And that the people that are successful, they seem to do the similar things in terms of the way they go about their day, you know, or the way they, they, the way they think, the way they strive. It's, uh, it's, that yeah, that unwavering faith, also that discipline, those routines are uh, exactly yeah, daily disciplines. Like I, I always say to people, the number one thing that you could do is master your morning. It's prime in your day. Cool. And so, and like, that's the like the number one thing. I think how you start your day is largely how it will end. And so, like, if I was to say to you, just quickly, I know I got a short amount of time. We we talk about the six human needs. How is that? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so the six human needs are basically human needs that drive our everything and how they are structured and organized unconsciously or consciously determines the actions that we'll take. And so we've got, we've got certainty, uncertainty, love slash connection and significance. And those are the needs of the personality. Everybody meets those needs in some way, shape or form, positively, neutrally or negatively. And if those needs are structured in whichever way, that will determine how we meet those needs. Okay. Then we have contribution and growth, which are basically the human needs that are growth-based needs. They, they're like the place where most people never get to. They're so focused on themselves that they never get to a point of contribution. They're so focused on themselves that they never think they can grow. Right. And by themselves, I mean like the Tony Robbins say this, like it's a pretty selfish act to be suppressed, depressed down all of the time. And the reason he says that is because in order for you to feel that way, you have to focus on your own problems all of the time. Focus equals feeling. That's interesting. And he says it a lot. And so this is the thing. Something like depression, um, people say often more than not. Like Tony Robbins say this, like doing depression, not have depression. So we turn, is it a, is a verb, a descriptive word? I'm not very good at grammar. (laughs) A A verb, like it's turning the noun into a verb, right? The noun is the, this is it. The verb is the action, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. And so it's like, I have depression. No, you're doing depression. You're holding your body in a certain way. You're communicating yourself in a certain way. You're holding your physiology in a certain way, right? Feeling like it's like language, physiology, and focus. Yeah. Like what you focus your attention on, the internal dialogue that you experience and the way in which you, you, you do. So like part of our breathing is to change our physiology. Part of our journaling is to change the internal dialogue that goes on in our mind. Part of our vision is to laser in where we're focused, right? And that's how we change our mental state. How we show up every day and how we get into state is going to determine the leader we are, the parent we are, the lover we are, you know, the husband, wife we are, the manager that we are, the employee that we are. And, and that's really it. And so you've got to understand about human needs is that we have to be aware of them because... If we're constantly driven for the, like, if we have a high need of certainty, right? And then we have a lot of uncertainty in our lives. We're going to experience stress. So people who like have a high need for control Mm. have a high need for certainty. Worry guys. Right? And so basically they, they would usually be certainty, significance, connection. Right. So they get like love and significance through control. Mm-hmm. That's how like this, the needs are structured. Yeah. And so the thing is, we have to meet all four needs, but we can do it positively, negatively, or neutrally. Right. People who have a high need for significance, they meet significance sometimes through violence, sometimes through, you know, bullying. Sometimes they'll meet it through, um, victim mindset all you know negative ways of meeting the need for significance however 
they could also meet the need for significance through love and connection. They feel significant through their contribution to their partner, their lover, their family. Does that make sense? Really interesting. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. It's like hundred percent. And these these things are all said all different. We all need certain different levels of them, but they're, they're huge. And I think what you said there about depression as well, being saying that you're thinking about yourself all the time. You know, it's it's interesting that it's hard to say because like people I know people react yeah. bad to it. I know you're saying people like the snowflake culture, but should I tell you what the evidence for that is? I've never seen a depressed person on a roller coaster. The conscious mind can only focus on that. So, like, if you love, like, if you like roller coasters, there's just a, obviously a, probably somebody being depressed on a roller coaster. But at that point of like doing that loop to loop, you are not thinking about your depression. You're like, holy shit, I'm feeling this. Like, your conscious mind is locked in on the roller coaster. Mm-hmm. And so you get momentary relief. Mm-hmm. Um, if people were, if, if depression was the thing and it was depression was it, you had it, right? You had depression. That means you would never be able to experience any joy or happiness whatsoever. I mean, it just makes for me, it just makes complete sense. Because think about it, right? Let's say you had depression, but let's say your sister or your brother had a, a, a new baby and you're holding that baby, you're looking at the baby's eyes and you're like smiling and laughing with that baby. In that moment in time, you're not experiencing depression. You pass the baby back, you go back to yourself, you go internal again, and then you start experiencing depression again. And so for, I think it's a really, really important thing. And I think, I mean, Paul might've talked about this, but he has a thing where he's like, you don't catch depression, you create it. Yeah. And that's coming from somebody who is bipolar, right? Mm-hmm. And it's created through our language, our physiology, our focus. And that's a, it's a state that we do, not that we have. In the same way, we can create joy and happiness and love. And like, the insane thing is that most of us have seven to 10 words to describe our experience of life, our emotions. Pissed off, angry, sad, depressed, frustrated. Like depression is not in my vocabulary. Like I never describe or label myself as depressed. I might feel, you know, I might feel a little deflated at times. I might feel against it at times. I might feel challenged at times. See, I use words like challenged. Yeah. I don't use the word overwhelmed. I use the word I'm in demand. And so it's semantics, but again, Tony Robbins talks about this. He talks about transformational vocabulary. How we label something is often how we'll experience it. So if we say we're challenged instead of we're depressed, well, what do we do with a challenge? Overcome it. We we rise to it, right? And so it's these little things that you've got to really understand. And and dude, we could spend five days going through this, but yeah, it's like just all fascinates me. It interests me. Wow, awesome, mate. I think it's been pretty nice. It's great because I think people need to hear this more because I think it's like this is why I submit a lot of the time when it comes to life and health, like having that having that belief, having that unwavering faith, having that different you say inward out rather than outward in. Uh, yep. like look at life and um I think it's awesome. So if you were just to leave I would say like one one person who has Massively influenced you on this, who people can go and look up and, and listen to. Who would it be? Oh, dude. It's hard because they're just three people then. Uh, in terms of like mindset stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Tony Robbins has got to be up there for sure. Like um it has to be there. Wayne Dyer, one hundred percent. Yeah. And oh I'm gonna go between 
Go on, you say it. Go on, you say it. I was going to say you can have a pick between Proctor or Ron. But yeah, I don't know. But... Yeah, both of them. Jim Ron, Bob Proctor, also great people. Um, there was another guy that I stopped following him so much. But his book was really, really transformative for one point of my life. But yeah, Wayne, Wayne Dyer, like, I, that just came to my mind. Like, Wayne Dyer was the person who, like, really opened my mind. Like, I modeled myself a lot on his stuff for a lot of times. Like, he, yeah, he just came along at the right time, at a bad time in my life when things were seemingly going the wrong way, in the wrong direction. And yeah, like, his way of thinking was just, it just fascinated me. That's what really got me hooked on speaking and delivering stuff. Yeah, he he passed away recently, didn't he? Yeah, I had tickets to see him, and I was in Disneyland, uh, Disney World in Florida. I uh, had tickets to see him in the October. We were in Disney in the July, and Danielle was like, "Got some really sad news." She was like, "Wayne dies, passed away." She's like, "She just seen on her phone." Like I'm tearing up a little bit. Talk about it. it was like it was like so. Just that you know, like one of those times when like you want to go and somebody like helped you through like a really difficult dark time and like. Never met him, but just the ability to be in the same room was like, yeah, it was just like something I really wanted to do. Yeah. It's one of the reasons I, tra- I traveled to LA to see Bob Proctor this year because his stuff had an impact on me, and he's eighty-five years old. Like, he's not going to be doing it forever. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. He's not. He's not. Yeah, he looks good for eighty-five, doesn't he? Man, he was like, so he was on fire. That is awesome. It just shows you like what you. It's just all about. <laughs> it's funny, right? You living the life and doing these things, mate. It's been. Uh, we should do it again we can go deeper you will mate we will I know you've got to shoot so I'm going to let you go but thank you very much man, for coming on that was awesome appreciate it so there we had it guys and girls Chris Brown from Facility Fitness Profits I said before personal friend close friend mentor absolute legend of a man and when you've been in this industry for a long period of time you know there's always lots of people like you probably see in the health industry there's lots of snake or out there other people that are, are selling scams etc um so when you finally find people with integrity it goes a long way and it's why i've been with chris for the last three years and i'll continue to be with him because the guy's got his finger on the button he's someone who's into self-development and and self-improvement as much as i am he's it's just I can't explain. It's like it's weird when you meet like your your brother or soulmate in something else, and it's just you know you put him in the same direction. He's absolute bundles of energy. Wants to just improve in every area of his life. He's into things, you know. And development, it's huge. I said before in that in that in that episode, and I want you to take on board. I say it again, your level of success will seldom exceed your level of self-development because success isn't something that happens to you it's something you become from Jim Rohn I think it's a very very powerful quote and it's something I will be taking forward with me for the rest of my life and it's why I do things as I said before in that show I do like brush my teeth with my left hand I do left-handed writing in the morning meditation breathing cold showers everyday morning routine is really important and this is why even shifting your paradigm about what you think you can achieve is huge. And having this is why even surrounding yourself, you know, like spending money on mentors or like coaches, you know, people. It's weird, like we charge what we charge, and it is what it is. One's a barrier of entry because I only want to work with people that are really into it. The other thing is, 
And the thing is, like, amount of money that we spend in self-development as well, like everyone in this game, spends a lot of money improving themselves because it's just energy at the end of the day. And you're working with someone. If you got paid to be around someone who gives you that positive energy every day, then it's what you need. And it's and it's something that like just being around people like in our in our group in our mentorship group, being around everyone is pulling in the same direction. It makes a huge difference. You leave when we go away. We we leave those intensive, and everyone you, know, you just got this sense of sense of like everyone putting in the right direction. It's something that some people don't understand. Obviously, if you're not an entrepreneur and you just do a nine-to-five, it's fair. And often you've got different levels of self-development and not everyone's cut out for that life. But when you're working your own business and do other things, it's, it's something that's quite... <clears throat> we have to become the person to move forward because otherwise it's easy to get stuck and it's easy just to get into, I suppose, habits that are not conducive to moving forward. So... I mean, I want to try to get Chris on again and go a bit deep into all this because we had to cut that a little bit short, which was a bit annoying. So I'm going to try and get him on for a part two um, because I think it's really important. It's a, it's a hugely important part of moving forward. Having a purpose, you know, this is why health as well, having a purpose. So this is where people talk about happiness. I don't think humans are meant to be happy. I put, a, put an article about this the other day. But this is why being happy, happiness is an emotion. It's like sadness. They're fleeting. But having a purpose and, and going after something, that's the absolute key to life. It's not when people, you know, they often they, they, they quit or they retire and they die in a few years or maybe one of their loved ones dies and then they follow short, shortly afterwards. It happens a lot with with uh, couples because, you know, they don't feel like they've got a reason to go on. It's huge and that's why having a purpose, having a dream, having a vision is so important. Um, anyway, guys and girls, that's it for this week. Uh, as always, if you are dealing with a health issue and you, you want to overcome it then give me an email at ryan at reviveyourself.co or you can go to www.reviveyourself.co and you can hit the contacts tab there and we can book you in for a call to see if and how we can help you lots of exciting stuff happening behind the scenes at the moment gonna be uh yeah having uh, changes to our websites coming out because we want to make the shop more more user-friendly to you we want a few other things going on there too um so yeah Anyway, that's it for this week, guys and girls. I'm um, going to try and get Chris back on as soon as I can. And um, otherwise, keep doing what you're doing. And as I said before, um, if you need help, give me a shout. You can also follow me at Ryan Martin on Facebook. Uh, it's also Revive Yourself on Facebook. Um, and uh, on Instagram, Revive underscore yourself. Um, we're there too Um, otherwise as always guys and girls stay happy stay healthy and I'll speak to you soon bye bye if you're struggling with gut issues such as gas, bloating, constipation diarrhea, indigestion, heartburn and want to finally be able to eat the foods you love without the crippling after effects then don't forget to head over to reviveyourself.co and pick up your free copy of the Healing Health Paradigm today 